Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Get ready for part two of our awesome chat with Dr. Rivka Lambert Adler. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. There is a lot more to her great story. Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Oklahoma and Singapore. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. Tim, I think we left off talking about the Bible story of Ruth. Cue us in right there. All right, Mm -hmm. roll that tape. And so I'm working on that also. So I would assume that uh, the story of Ruth is going to be one of the stories you capture. Yes, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping to put an image. There's a there's a synagogue in the north of Israel in a city called Akko that has mosaics everywhere, all over the synagogue. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I'm hoping. And there's one up in the women's section that is Ruth in the field. And because that's the most famous of the stories that I'm going to cover, because I'm also going to cover some people that that are much less well known. Um, but I thought I would put that image on the cover of the book yes oh wow i can hardly wait so um <laughs> how how far off is uh that the book is uh, yeah probably a year <laughs> okay probably uh, a year yeah uh, that's going to be a good one definitely want to add that one to the list oh yeah. my goodness you know we look at um the scriptures about ruth and i think we've even talked about it in on our podcast a, a couple of times just the uh, the whole idea of the disposition towards the Jewish people and uh, the the Hebrew people and that that connection, you know, the, uh, to the people and to their God, you know, um, and and Ruth being a model of that. So that's very exciting. Yeah, that resonates for you, right? Oh, absolutely. Right. So when I so as I develop this, I'm going to. So that part of the story you already know. You don't need me to tell you that. But I'm going to I'm going to elaborate on that and show, for example, how in in Jewish thinking, Ruth has some parallels with Abraham, mm. and just uh, one of them is only obvious in the Hebrew. But I'll I'll just if I may, I'll just point this out to you. I think I can I can show you in English that when. When Abraham is about to sacrifice his son and he sees the mountain that God has asked him to go to and the his servant Eliezer and the um, Yishmael, his other son, and the donkey stay behind mm-hmm. and Abraham, I'm trying to do this in English, Abraham and um, Isaac go up to this mountain, right? And they go together. Mm-hmm. So... The Hebrew for that is completely parallel to the moment when Ruth and Naomi are on the road and they set off for Bethlehem. Oh, wow. And um, so that's something that if you don't know the Hebrew, if you don't have a Jewish teacher, you might miss. Mm -hmm. But 
those are the kinds of insights that I'm very excited to share because you already know the basic story, but you maybe never saw the link before. There are other ways that they are parallel, these two stories, but um, there's so, so much rich material here that I'm, I'm just so excited to finish preparing and, and teaching because, because I think that the Bible is, it's, it's our common language, so to speak, but, but as a Jew, my, my study of it looks a little different and I want to, I want to teach whoever's interested. I'm not, you know, I'm not looking to force this down people's throats, but people that are open, I want to teach them how much richer these texts are than you can even imagine. Oh my goodness. I can hardly wait for this book now. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. And I, I think after, you know, I'm going to do probably a series of, um, of talks around this. Like once I develop a, a full chapter with a full character, mm-hmm. then there's, it's also like a class, you know? So I have to figure out what, but right now I'm, I'm gathering all the sources and, it's incredibly exciting to me. So, but it is a natural progression. So 10 from the nations is look, you guys, something's going on in the world. You need to know about lighting up the nations is more of that content and more deeply. And also chapters from Jewish teachers who have woken up to this trend um, and how they apply it, how they teach, and what their experience is teaching people coming from a Christian background that are interested in learning what the Torah messages are for them. And now this Women from the Nations and the Hebrew Bible book that I'm working on is like, you know, to me, it's like Hashem made it so I didn't see the full picture and I don't know where he's taking me next. You know, I always say like Hashem opens the door and I walk through it. I don't have a long term plan. I have. But but I see how these things build on each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, how, what kind of uh, response are you getting from the Jewish community as regarding uh, your first and second book? Well, you said lighting up the nation. You're going to be sending, putting that out soon. Publicly. No, lighting up the nations is out. It's okay. out. Okay, great. On Amazon, as is 10 from the nations, the revised and expanded edition. <laughs> so it's, so you want to know how Jews have responded. So yes. <laughs> So there's basically two kinds of responses, if I could say. One is Jews are as fat, some Jews are as fascinated as I am and as interested in hearing more and learning how can they participate in what God is doing in the world. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful thing to see. The other response is not so sweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that is because because of the 2000 years of bloody history between the Christian world and the Jewish world, there are many, many Christian, many, many Jews who don't trust Christians and, or, or people who grew up as wherever they are holding now, uh, don't trust non-Jews in general and believe that it's not safe for us to interact with them. And, and that really every, every Christian has a hidden agenda to missionize and proselytize and, um, and so they try to shut me up, slow me down, um, mm-hmm. censor me in all kinds of ways. But I, I think that people, you probably, well, I don't know your full story, but I'm assuming that you probably have also had uncomfortable, um, rela- things happen in relationships with people that you're close to as, as you change the way you see the world and that makes other people uncomfortable. And a lot of people have to be very brave to follow what they think God is 
opening up for them Mm -hmm. um, because on both sides of the, both sides of the equation, whatever there's, there's pushback because we're doing something that hasn't been done in at least 2000 years. So I, I understand that. I don't, I don't let it stop me because I really believe that, that God wants me to do this kind of work and keeps giving me opportunities to do this kind of work, but it doesn't make everybody happy. That's for sure. Uh, I was going to say there's a book called Identity Crisis. I just read it recently and it made me realize that there's something that in the Christian community that we're really not familiar with all the different things that Jewish people or the reasons why a lot of Jewish people are mistrusting of Christians. And um, I think that would be a very good book because it taught about the pogroms and um, the inquisitions. And, And, you know, we understood the what the scripture said about when he when um hashem told the children of israel not to adopt the ways of the gentiles and whatnot but we think you know that just happened in the bible we're all good we love jews but there's a a long history of people in the name of christianity not loving jews and today if you don't know what that history is we're just wondering why are you so standoffish we love you whereas on your side the Jews are like, you don't know, but we know. So, you know, maybe back off. So it's interesting there. Have you heard of the book called The List? No, I haven't read that one. No, not that. Okay, we, we need to add that to the list. Please tell us about yeah. it. Okay, I'm going to tell you. The book is called The List, Persecution of Jews by Christians Throughout History. It is about 500 pages. It's not a book that you just, like, would read, like, a, a narrative. Mm-hmm. It is a listing of every (laughs) anti-Jewish, I I don't mean to laugh because it's really quite sad, like the Crusades, the Inquisition, the the pogroms, as you said, the Jewish expulsions, everything that was perpetrated against the Jewish people in all of Christian history, it's a listing of them. So it says where it happened, what happened, how sometimes it says how many how many Jews were impacted and it's quite eye-opening so Jews know this stuff I mean they may not know every one of the 500 pages of all the incidents but we know the the big picture Mm -hmm. it was very shocking to me as a Jew as I started to talk to people who were raised as Christians who had no clue of this this bloody history Mm -hmm. and it is so there's an organization called the nation's ninth of av that has been in existence for a couple of years and my husband and i have been involved with them on the jewish side to and their mission is is to educate people from the christian world about this history and to encourage repentance and to you know to clean things up so that we can be friends (laughs) um it's a very, very powerful book. The list: persecution of Jews by Christians throughout history by Ray Montgomery and Bob Odell. It's also available on Amazon, and it is quite extensive. Well, that gives a, a whole different view on Jewish people like you who are willing to reach out and to to have dialogue across lines, if you will, even knowing the history. And knowing that the folks on the other side of the line haven't exactly acknowledged that history, let alone even begun to do Teshuvah. So, you know, thank you for that. That's huge. And what's Teshuvah? You know, uh, repentance. 
Thank you. Oh, let, miss was testing me, Rivka. I, oh, sorry. I need, a, I need an occasional test. Uh, but you, that was totally appropriate the way you used that word. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so here's the thing: is that it is sometimes a little scary to be out there, but I try very hard to only interact with people that I feel don't want to do my people harm and that are genuinely open to being in a relationship with someone like me. Mm-hmm. And that means that some people don't pass muster. And I, I can't, you know, if you're only being nice to me because you you want me to accept Jesus and to become a Christian, I, I can't I can't have a relationship with you on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, you know, I, I don't expect anybody that I that I work with, that I teach, that I am in relationship with, I want them to live according to what I understand the Torah asks of the non-Jewish world. And I don't need them to become Jews. That's not my agenda. Um, I just want them to understand their own tradition with the, with the Jewish um, enhancements that um, that I can share. And and I also think that we're in a different stage. You know, I, I really personally believe that redemption, the world's redemption is just around the corner. And that means we have to get in right alignment with, with what God wants. And part of what I, I, be, I believe that what we're working on together, you from your perspective, me from my perspective, and, and hundreds of other people, if not thousands of other people, is something that is preparing us for the messianic era. Now we may disagree on who the messianic redeemer is exactly, but I think we, many of us who are spiritually inclined and connected feel like something's happening. And in fact, I frame the books in the context of, of redemption, that that's what's driving this. And so the, all that ancient history, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. There are plenty of people who still hate the Jews, I like to talk to the ones that don't hate the chance. That's fair. <laughs> so you opened a, a door there. There is so much going on in the world, and there's so many crises, you know, simultaneous crises going on all around the world that I'm with you. The people who are plugged in to Hashem know that there's something going on. And I'd be curious to hear uh, what is the the perspective in the Jewish communities and in Israel in particular, because I think you're the epicenter of much of what's going on. Um, from from our understanding, there are people who don't like Hashem's decision to covenant with Abraham and his uh, posterity to give the land. You know, they they're not happy with that decision, and they would oh, very delicately put. <laughs> they, they would like to um, make other arrangements, you know, against the will of, of the Most High. And we know how that's going to go, but you use the word redemption. I'm not sure we should assume that all of our listeners know what that means from a Jewish perspective. So please give us your take on what's going on. Um, is there a biblical basis for it? And uh, how do we? how do you make sense of all of these simultaneous crises? Okay, great question. So let me say that a lot of people have this idea when they think about time, 
they think about time as sort of this unending stream, like it's going to go on forever and ever. Mm -hmm. And my children and my grandchildren, my great grandchildren, blah, 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 for, you know, forever. And they don't think beyond that. But the way that Torah presents time is that this world was created to exist for a finite period of time. This, I don't want to get too deep, but there will be an event at the end of time that will shift everything. And that is redemption. What does that mean? It means that the world was, according to the Jewish understanding of time, this is a 6,000 year period that's divided into three periods of 2,000 years. So it starts with the creation of Adam and Eve mm-hmm. in the Garden of Eden and that whole story. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and for 2,000 years, it is sort of chaotic. There's There's no... Um, There's no real order in the world, and people are kind of just doing what they want to do. Then along comes Abraham, who begins to introduce the idea that there is a creator and a sustainer of the universe. And the next 2,000 years, which includes the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai and the the entry of the, the Israelites into the land of Israel, and that is the period of Torah. So the first two, 2,000 years is chaos. The second 2,000 years is Torah. And the third 2,000-year period is the period of redemption. Now, we just celebrated Rosh Hashanah, which means our year just flipped. Mm-hmm. We don't, we, I'm sure you know this, but I'm just going to say it as if you don't, so that it, what I'm saying makes sense. We just inaugurated the Hebrew year 5,783. That means that we are 5,783 years from the year 6,000. So we're getting close, okay? Mm -hmm. We are promised that before the year 6,000, that we will have redemption. That means we will have all of the... Now, speaking in Jewish thought, okay? All the Jews will come back to the land of Israel. And we already see that happening it looks like natural, it just looks like the news, you know, like here's here's a plane load of Jews from Russia, here's a plane load of Jews from Ethiopia, here's a plane load of Jews from, from Chicago, whatever, coming back to live in the land. And we're not at the point yet where all the Jews are here, but we're about halfway there. And it just is, it's unfolding exactly the way biblical prophecy promised us. The second is we will have the third temple, the third temple that exists on the Temple Mount. We had two before. They were both destroyed. The third temple is promised to be eternal. We will have the personality of the Messianic Redeemer that that we in Judaism call Mashiach. Mm -hmm. Um, That Mashiach means anointed. It's not God. It's a human being. That's what we believe. Who will in and he will be become the king and he will fix everything (laughs) that is um, wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we will have, for example, we will have economic equality. We will have. Tim, I think Rivka hit on some really thought provoking points. Many people are completely unaware of the history between Jewish people and the Christian church. Now I get it. Many churches will push back on sharing responsibility for that because their particular denomination wasn't involved in persecuting Jewish people, or they themselves have never mistreated a Jewish person just because they're Jewish. There are a few problems with that argument, though. First, it ignores the ideal of a group being responsible for sin. It's applied to Israel when they lost the battle with uh, Ai, and it is a concept that is clearly taught in the Torah, God's instructions. 
Hey, that's a great point, Mama. Also, the Christian faith has respected theologians like some of the church fathers and Martin Luther, for example, who are on record as teaching inflammatory doctrines and leading persecution of the Jewish people. Some of those anti-Jewish doctrines use scripture from the Hebrew Bible to support anti-Semitism. Miss, these must be the last days. I know, and I agree with Rivka. It will take the work of the Messiah to fix the world. But Tim, how great is it to have this type of dialogue based in mutual respect and friendship? I like what Rivka said about the Bible being our common language. That means we have a lot in common. We want one thing from the Lord, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our lives, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. So, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and take a passive or negative stance on relations with Jewish people? Or would you take the red pill and respectfully explore common ground with Jewish people who are willing? Only you can answer that question. Just be clear that God is doing wonderful new things in this world. You have the opportunity to be part of what he's doing. Mm -hmm. As we say in the world of football, you can't make the club from the tub. So get out of the tub and be part of what the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is doing in these last days. There's a third episode with Rivka. Don't miss the rest of the story. Come back next week. And thank you for spending some time with us at Red Pill Tour where you can handle the truth. Thank you.